episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on July the 27th, 2021. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the guy I'm calling on the CB, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, discuss the games that we played. We're going to be getting back into a normal rhythm with our Game Club double feature, Normal Lost Phone and Another Lost Phone. We'll be discussing our next Game Club game. And then we're going to dive straight into a massive news topic that, while we knew about it, was presented to us on Community Corner. So we're going to count it for there. We're going to talk about the Activision Blizzard nightmare that was (laughs) uh, revealed this week in a lawsuit. And then, if time allows, we will do a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Not a super large amount of topics, but a couple of them have a decent chance to go long. And also, I actually have to get to bed at a decent hour tonight. I've got to be at work even earlier in the morning than usual. Yeah, plus, you know, uh, a doubleheader for Game Club. Also, this whole Game Club thing, you know, having one. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. It's good times, though. I... You know, we're not going to dive into it right now, obviously, but I thoroughly enjoyed these games for Game Club. Although, based on what they were, it feels kind of weird to say that, but we will get there in due time. Yeah, we'll get there because we have other games to talk about, right? We do. So go ahead and tell us about that game. You and I have briefly talked about that. We talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but you have played it more since then. Yeah, the, the Pokemans Unite. So... This is the new MOBA, I'm going to say MOBA slash sports game, uh, featuring the Pokemans. It's a free-to-play game on Switch, and it's a game that is a lot of fun, but it is hamstringed by its business model. So the idea of this is, take essentially the basics of a MOBA, you know, your League of Legends, where you have lanes, you have jungling area. You have uh, some uh, special creatures that you fight for different power-ups and that sort of thing. Right. But mix it with a sports game. So whenever you kill a creep or... Well, it's not even a creep. They are not marching towards the enemy to, you know, feed them. You're killing the ones on your own side to build up Unite points to essentially slam dunk into the enemy towers, which do not damage you, but they will heal the enemies. And once you bank a hundred points into, or, or more, I should say, into a tower, it destroys that tower, and the enemy team falls back. And it, it's a very interesting concept. It changes the dynamics in MOBA quite a bit. And you play as a Pokemon, so the it, it, it treats them all as different classes instead of you know like the fire types, water types, that sort of thing. It takes right. away the type advantages as well, which is a little bit eh, but. So, like, for example, Charmander to Charizard is considered an all-rounder. Not amazing at anything, but decent all-around. Snorlax is good at uh, defending uh, and uh, being just uh, general obstruction, as Snorlaxes do. Uh, Zaprat slash Pikachu is an offensive uh, uh, type where you're uh, going in and uh, dealing a lot of damage and trying to get out. And they're in four different archetypes. And like in uh, all the matches are pretty short. They're a maximum ten minutes, at least on the 
base map, there's a couple other maps that are in a quick play rotation that I actually didn't play. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. It, the matches are quick. They, uh, uh, as long as you don't get too caught up into it, it's not that bad. But then you start hitting some of the whales and that's where th- the wheels come off to the point that I actually just before the show uninstalled the game because I got frustrated with it. So on most MOBAs, they try to make it so that you cannot buy power outright. All right. Right. On this one, the only thing that you literally cannot buy straight up is fashion items. Yeah, the cosmetics. Uh, each of the classes, uh, depending on your trainer level, which uh, as you play matches levels up, can hold between one and three held items. And uh, some of the held items you're given pretty straight away. Uh, like uh, the first one I think you get uh, in leveling up is called Leftover. So every few seconds you get a percentage of your health back. All right. But then they have things like the more health the enemy has, the more attack that you have against them, that sort of thing. And all the held items can be leveled up uh, once you hit level uh, trader level nine. And then the problem is there's a hard cap on the amount of money that you could earn via play, but you could circumvent that by paying in to get more currency to be able to level up your held items and at maximum level they are rather substantial so actually I didn't have it pulled up so uh, I just want to give some examples on this so and that doesn't have the proper levels okay this one should so a good example of this is like um uh, a shield bell, which is not given directly. Uh, okay. Whenever the Pokemon uh, uh, hits uh, with a move, it recovers a minimum of 45 HP. The higher the Pokemon special attack, the more HP it recovers. And it also boosts attack, uh, special attack, and move cooldown. And, uh, and that actually doesn't have the levels either, which is annoying. Okay, uh, here we go, here we go. I had to go through a few links. I should have had this pulled up by Dent. So, so, okay, so, uh, leveling it up, uh, it goes from 45 to 60 to 75, and the, these creatures do not have a lot of HP to, be, to begin with. And it also goes from move cooldown 0% uh, boost to 4.5%. And special attack from 0.1.6 to 24 special attack boost. And it's a rather substantial grind to do it. Or uh, some of the whales that I've seen uh, bragging about it online uh, is put in 100 bucks and you have enough currency to max out the three or t- considered S tier items. So that. You could just pretty much tank a team uh, that doesn't have leveled up stuff. Right. Another good example is Rocky Helm. When a Pokemon receives a certain amount of damage, uh, uh, damage is dealt to nearby opposing Pokemon equal to 3, 4, or 5%, depending on level, of that Pokemon's max HP. 
and it boosts the HP between 18 and 20 and 240, depending on the level. It gives a, between zero and 28 defense, depending on the number of upgrades it's gotten. And it reflects between 3% and 5% of max uh, damage max HP, depending on the level. All the items have three levels. And like I said, getting them is a grind. And this is even getting into the loot box situation where uh, the majority of the loot boxes could, uh, has uh, just a bunch of cosmetics. But then it could give you money. It could give you uh, tickets that would allow you to uh, upgrade stuff. So all the upgrades for the non-whales, the minnows, or the plankton, I guess I should say, uh, is tied to loot boxes. Because of course it is. And there's a maximum amount of loot boxes you get through play. Kind of shitty, huh? Yeah. I had heard, basically, and, and you, you've kind of uh, expanded upon this, but basically what I had heard from the beginning, listening to people talk about this, was it like, there's a fun game buried underneath all of the horrible microtransactions and currency systems and loot boxes. Like, yeah. there's a good game in there under all of that. Most yeah, people that, shouldn't play it because yeah, of that's how... My take from it exactly is that it is a lot of fun whenever you don't hit somebody that has gotten a ton of upgrades that you know you just can't handle. Now maybe you could bounce that out by going to rank mode, but you're going to come up against a certain wall where you know you're not going to be able to improve because you're not sinking enough money into it, or you haven't sunk enough time into it. And that's before you even get to. Right now, everything is kind of boosted as the you know uh, early uh, boost or, or that early um, uh, that yeah you know, doobie uh, launch special. So once that goes away and they start uh, stop giving out the special Pokemon, you're looking at several weeks to unlock yeah you know, one uh, of the more expensive uh, 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 classes essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's not even counting using any of that currency to level up anything or buy you know something else because the way you get those uh, held items without you know just getting lucky on a loot box or just yeah you know, like having it as part of a quest system because right now they have various uh, uh, objectives that unlock certain things. If you don't have a particular quest that gives you that, you have to buy in with your currency. So you're putting those uh, more powerful, or I should say potentially more powerful. Because the, the way it handles the moves is kind of odd. It the, Each of the Pokemon have two slots plus essentially an ultimate. And you can choose between one of two moves for each slot. So... um. Let's just go Charizard because he's overrated. Uh, uh, so they're tied to the different buttons on the right hand side. So the RB and the uh, trigger. So you have flamethrower or fire blast. Um, oh, this is just a battle god and not a damn that thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you could have a flamethrower, you could have a fire blast, uh, you could have a fire spin, and you could only have one for each slot, and you pick and choose. 
So there's a lot of uh, depth to it to be able to choose uh, what you want to do. But there's also, you know, some that's just substantially better. Like there's a hard disable for one Pokemon and the other option is like just a weak heal, right? Mm-hmm. And for a MOBA like this, even though it's kind of a MOBA light, you know, having a, a very strong disable, it is just, you know, uh, uh, well, uh, battle changer really uh another good example is like snorlax could have a giant wall uh i think uh, i think it's ronhart from uh overwatch uh that has the giant energy wall that uh, can push uh, a a team back same thing there gotcha but you know if you don't have these particular classes and if they're not in the active rotation which you know it's that same model where there's I think three in active rotation as well. Uh, plus whatever you've unlocked, then you know you're not going to get be able to play them. So yeah, it's a shame because I really had a lot of fun with it until you know I just started hitting people that you know had unlocked a lot of stuff, and it wasn't even coordinated teams because uh, hitting a coordinated team was actually a lot of fun because yeah, you, know, you would uh, see them working together. They're, the tutorial. It, it is a bit lacking. It doesn't really teach you a lot of the kind of mechanics of uh, how a MOBA works. It just kind of teaches you uh, the general play rules, but not the idea of laning or, you know, going to the jungle area. And you have to actually go through a second set of uh, tutorials to be able to uh, have it tell you, okay, now uh, this particular uh, monster gives you a, a shield. This one gives you uh, a speed boost. And yeah, I don't think most people are going to go through the advanced tutorials, which is kind of strange to not highlight those particular mechanics. But uh, yeah, that's Tencent for you, which this is a Tencent game, so right. Goody. At least I'm uh, pretty sure this is Tencent. Let me just double check that one. Um, yep, Pokemon Company and Tencent. So, yep. That, that explains it, huh? Yeah. Maybe eventually they'll uh, they'll fix their shitty monetization, but I doubt it. Doubtful. If they have I mean, the- even if they fix it, quote, it'll just be a rollback to mm-hmm. something that's slightly less shitty, which is typically what, you know, companies like to do is they you know, take a step over the line or take three steps over the line then take two steps back and say, "Okay, we fixed it." Right? Yeah. And especially since the, uh, kind of the, uh, that power, uh, boost is right there in that, uh, okay, it's definitely not impulse power range, but it's also not as egregious as some other games. It, it, it feels insidious, doesn't it? Especially since it's a Pokemon game. So it f- feels like it's made uh, for a younger audience in mind. More so yeah. than like League of Legends. Right. Yeah. Oh, just disappointing, really. But hey, I at least had to try it. So, Jeez. what is yours? And it's definitely not a mech game, is it? Huh? <laughs> so, uh, I I played quote unquote Mega Mech, which is a an unlicensed fan creation thing uh, for BattleTech. 
that lets you play the classic tabletop battle tech in this uh this program that basically plays out like a little top down um you know version of the game um that has all of the things as far as i can tell it's got mechs it's got vehicles it's got aerospace stuff it's got water craft like ships and carriers and submarines you can do space battles you could do battles that start in space and go down to a planet there's there's three parts to it like the the big thing is called mech hq um that contains all three pieces. Mega Mech has all of the, like the stock stuff built in it to just do battles. Mech HQ has got the, the first program called Mech HQ, which is sort of like if you played Hairbrain Schemes battle tech, but on motherfucking steroids, you can, st- I, I have just barely begun to explore. what. So you basically do. like, uh, uh, with, uh, Commander's Edition and Rogue Tech uh, put together times like ten. Yes, that's a pretty yeah. So you can you can um you can run campaigns like tabletop RPG campaigns using Mech HQ, and you can choose from a, a large variety of starting factions based on what year you pick. And like you can pick a specific date if you like want to start your campaign like the day after. For example, in lore, like the Battle of Tukied, which I don't think matters to anybody that is listening to this except me. But if you want to start your campaign on May 26th, 3052, I think, like the day after the Battle of Tukied, you can do that. Like you can pick a specific start date down to the day and the time that your campaign starts. You can use pre-built factions. You can create your own faction. You can just go with mercs which is, you know, the one that I've, I've kind of been messing around with. And you es- essentially assign yourself, like, starting equipment and funds based on the, the faction that you pick. And then you pick a starting planet, and you go, and you you manage all of the stuff. Drop ships, uh, aerospace assets, vehicles, mechs. You hire and fire crew all the way down to, like, the cooks, you know, from your mech warriors down <laughs> to your cooks and jan- janitorial staff. It's got rules for well, out of an getting... auto cannon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's it, but it's got rules for getting married and having children, and or or having like gay relationships or everything in between. Or well, why wouldn't you be happy? I know, right? Um, and having like legacy companies, like if I'm reading the rules correctly and reading all the stuff that's built in, like if you want to start as like a random tiny level nobleman and instead of playing a game of, of mech, you know, mechs and mercenaries or whatever, if you want to play a game of conquest where you're like the nobles and you build like a house lineage, you can do that built into this. If you want just in like the battle tech back backdrop, it's crazy. And then it just drops your assets into mega mech so that you can do battles and get like the salvage tables and everything from Mega Mech and then like re-import that into Mech HQ to, to move forward in time. Eventually I'm doing a tabletop RPG set in Battletech using the, the Battletech RPG rule books as opposed to just like the, you know, the, the combat books and there you can import all of that stuff and put your characters. It's crazy. It's amazing. Whoever the, the brilliant bastards who put this together, I cannot fathom 
one, the technical skills needed to do this, and two, the sheer amount of, like, Red Bull and <laughs> alcohol they had to intake to make this happen. Um, but it's it, it takes... It's using the full tabletop rules, so you get all the dice rolls, and you can see everything play out, but it it it's doing it all... You know, the, the program is doing it all for you. So instead of playing... So, for example, the last couple of weeks, we've been playing, like, one battle on uh, Tabletop Simulator. And it took us two weeks, about eight hours, six, six to eight hours in total, to complete a match. And we did the same thing in two hours in uh, Mega Mac. So you just... You set up your... Um, you, you set up a private server and people connect directly to you and me as the game master, like, you know, they, they're connecting to me, but it's super simple. Um, people join up, build their stuff. So anyone listening and also you rage, if you wanted to play classic Battletech tabletop, this is a very easy way to do it. Um, and don't think that I would kick your ass just cause I know about like, you know, the lore and have played a bajillion hours of the hairbang schemes. Like they, they handily mopped the floor with me because even though we had lances with similar battle value, I just picked a bad composition to go up against theirs, and so I got curb stomped. It was sad. Well, can I just play the, like the the uh, lawn chef in your uh, in your gallery? Sure, sure. You can be my head chef. We can make you a character. You can be the head chef. You can cook meals for everybody. <laughs> there's there's stats for that in the tabletop or in the BattleTech tabletop RPG. Like you can get cooking as a skill. Like if you actually want to play a cook in in that game, you can. So then there's then there's a third program, Mech Lab. Yeah, while you're out which, there scavenging, could you uh, can you grab some pepper? Right. Yeah. After you know, on the set, I'll see if uh, peppercorn shows up on the the salvage table. Salt. There'll be a lot of salt on the salvage table. Yeah, so some of them may not even be yours. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, then there's a third program that's Mech Lab, which lets you either redesign, you know, just like in, in any of the Battletech games or Mech Warrior games, you know, you can customize mechs, but also you can build straight up custom mechs and vehicles. Um, and then, you know, you can save and export your creations into Mega Mech to be, to be used for combat and stuff. So, uh, so I could finally build that Mech Millipede. You could if you really wanted to. Um, but yeah, it's insane. I've messed with it for, I don't know, 10 hours, give or take, including like the playtime that we've, that I've had in it. And there's just so much that I'm like, I don't know how this works. I don't understand it. There's not a lot of great documentation for it. The basics are pretty well covered. You know, how to set up a server, how to start games, how to mess with some of the basic rules. Cause it's got a bot mode so you can play against AI to practice stuff. And it's got explanations of how that works. But, like, the fucking, like, you know, campaign manager, there's not very much documentation on that. And so it's just, like, a mess. Like, I've seen one person who made, like, a two-hour YouTube video. And they talk into the mic like this, like, the whole time. And I don't, I prefer, don't know what the, like, I, I don't know how any of that's, you know, useful. You know, so. Yeah, there's some things on YouTube that's just... Did you ever listen to this before you uploaded it? Yeah. I know, right? And it's like this guy very clearly knows what he's talking about. Like, I'm watching him 
go through and like create all this stuff and set things up. But it's like he's explaining this and you talk like this and then you make your company and it's like I don't know what you're saying and I don't know what all these options do. I'm yeah, just watching you the click mic. through them. Yeah. So uh one of the one of the people um that I was playing with suggested that I make my own tutorial and I'm like I could but that's that takes work, man. And you're you lazy. You should know me by now. I'm fucking lazy, dude. You should know by now. We're lucky that you even showed up. I know. I, I, I accidentally almost fell asleep before. I was tired. And I was like, I'm going to like, just, I, I made the mistake. I was like, I'm just going to like kick back here for just a minute. And like, I leaned back. We've got a, we bought a new sofa and it's got reclining ends. So like I leaned back, I reclined the sofa and I did that thing where it's like you jerk awake. Mm-hmm. I'm like shit, I got to get up. Thankfully I made the I made the right decision and I just got up instead of staying there on the couch. Although if I ha- if we weren't recording tonight, I would be asleep on my couch right now. <laughs> That's where I would have stayed. Dreaming of uh Snowrunner. But yeah. Dreaming of Snowrunner. So yeah, Mega Mech. Um it, I, I think Mega Mech was the one that came first. Like, Mech, Mech HQ is what's pretty much everywhere right now, except on Sarna. Sarna still has it listed as Mega Mech and then has links to all three separately. Um, Mega Mech's been around for a long time. It was shut down at one point because they were uh, made it where that you could just play online. And they got hit with a cease and desist because it's like, mm, nope, this is too much like Battletech games. And this was like a 2004. 14 or 2015 so probably right around the time that uh, harebrained schemes was being uh you know pulled to do the battletech game yeah it's such a shame that the battletech game doesn't have uh yeah more of a yeah where you can do the tabletop stuff in it as well yeah battletech is a really good Translation. It's the best translation of the tabletop rule set to a video game that I've seen. Well, I was talking about being able to do custom campaigns instead of what they did, which was basically just, you know, deathmatch. Yeah. I would have so loved to have seen some co-op stuff. Oh my god, yes. That would be so good. I wonder... I've never seen anything, so I assume it does not exist. But I I wonder if there is a mod out there that does co-op multiplayer stuff. That would be so cool. I'll have to look into that. There's, yeah, I don't, I couldn't make one. I've, I've done some light modding for BattleTech, but nothing like that. I feel like that would be a lot of like coding stuff under the hood. But we shall see. We'll look that up later. So yeah, Mega Mech. It's pretty cool. I like it. Of course, it's a Mech thing. It's a BattleTech thing. Uh, there are some things. people saying that you could kinda sort of do it by the remote play. Uh, yeah. Not exactly what, yo, right? No. I've never really tried to do that Steam, like, remote play thing. Um, the, what is it, the shared, mm-hmm. whatever. I Although I could see you, like, cobbling something together using one of the mods that lets you, you know, Commander's Edition or Advanced or Rogue Tech or whatever, so that you can have at least two lances in each. Oh, like I don't already have two lances. Well, yeah, but each person could could use a single lance as their lance. Mm-hmm. And then we fight over who gets, you know, uh, my badass, you know, 150 mission <laughs> warrior. 
maxed yeah. out. Her, her butt is perfectly conformed to that trebuchet seat. <laughs> no, that's fine. You can you can have her. That's fine. Because she's kind of sassy and I like her. Yeah. There's uh, one of the hero pilots. Uh, her name is Ronan. Um, like, that's her actual call sign is Ronan. She's like an Asian lady. I always get her and put her in some type of artillery mech. Just give her two big sniper cannons or, um, you know, the thumper if that's all I've got available. But at least a sniper cannon as soon as I can. Sniper artillery. And then eventually graduate her to long toms. Always feels good. They added the uh, they added the Davy Crockett into BattleTech Advance, so now you can actually nuke somebody. Uh, is that the one with the coonskin hat? <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, all the tassels, right? All the tassels. Yeah, it's a special archer missile launcher that launches that carries one nuke, but it basically kills anything that you shoot it with because it's fucking nuke, right? It's like two and a half million sea bills a shot. Yeah, but when you absolutely have to kill every motherfucker in the room. Absolutely. Level an entire attack and defend mission in one go. So yeah, the, that's that's the game. The only other game I played this week that's new, other than, than game club stuff. Played more Spin Tires, which we talked about for Franken content. Played more Earth Defense Force with my kid. Um... That game gets even more bonkers. I'll probably talk about it again once we actually beat mm-hmm. it. We're on mission like 50 out of like 90. So speaking um, of game club. Indeed. Speaking of game club. So we were originally going to do this for April. And then, you know, everything just kind of exploded metaphorically. Uh, well, um, and shorting did... out. and Yeah. And... So now here we are in July. Um, three months later, but we are finally going to do our next game club. So, for anyone who is a potential new listener, um, or in case you've just forgotten because it's been so long, <laughs> game club was originally we we we've wound up playing a lot more games together than we used to. Game club originally was so that we could play the same game at the same time and then talk about it because um, we so often play different games or when we do play the same game, it's at different times, but we, we do play a lot more games together now at the same time. So, but still game club lets us do that with the community for anyone who wants to play along. So we did a a double feature, um, for this one, a normal lost phone, and then another lost phone, Lara's story. Because, Um, uh, these are both very short games and they have a very similar premise. The idea in both of them is that you found a phone and you're trying to unlock the mystery of what happened to the person that uh, that owned the phone. And shall we just talk about both of them in uh, general and then uh, go into each one? Yeah, I mean, they each have the same general mechanics. Like you said, you find a phone, the game revolves around solving basically doing some detective work to solve some light puzzles of like um you need to access something on the phone that has a password using context clues from you know the text messages or the emails on the phone or maybe some pictures that are in the gallery figuring out what this person's password is so that you can unlock you know the next thing on the phone 
And that's how you gather new information. And that also encourages you to read and possibly reread different section, different things on the phone with new context based on the information that you find. Me- mechanically, they're, they're very simple. Um, yeah. The puzzles and, are. Yeah. And once you know what you're doing, you get, you can get through the game pretty damn quickly on the second time. But that first time, you know, there's a fair amount to, you know, of detective work. I will say, I think I prefer the first one over the second one, just because it feels a bit more straightforward. The second one got a little too abstract for me. Yeah, the first one, from from just purely the gameplay mechanics of the puzzling and stuff, I think the first one did it better than the second one. The second one was much more about just like, find, like hey, do math to figure out what this person's birthday plus or like minus this thing, like to get this code and then or it's like trying you to figure to remember, out people, right? Trying to figure out. Yeah. And like having to remember like long strings of numbers, I guess you could write it down or put it in a notepad or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was, I was sitting at, I, I, I played another lost phone at work. Uh, yeah. But the second one did today. have a, a, a pretty decent recipe in it. So it did have that going for it, which is nice. I wondered how much you were going to like I, I read just, into or I, I just, comment on the recipe. I just looked at it and thought, huh, right? But it made yeah. it feel a little bit more yeah, realistic that with a grocery recipe or a grocery list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so both of them have this like puzzle progression. You Basically, start... which I kind of uh, made that recipe now that I think about it. Well, you could and you could always talk about it next week. Yeah, true. But anyways, you know, both games start more or less the same with you going through text messages on this phone, figuring out the password to get onto some type of Wi-Fi um, and and going from there. I'm trying to think if they're like puzzle wise. Okay, so it it took me about three hours, two, two to three hours to play through a normal lost phone. I got through another lost phone faster, even though the puzzles were a little more. Maybe I should say a little less fun, a little less, uh, well, I don't know, inter- I, I, interactive. I, my, my term I like is abstract because yeah. one of them is, was you're given a list of three people out of a pot. Well, I did look this one up because I got frustrated with it out of a pool of six. And it was, okay, now who's this? And one of them was the brother of someone that texted you. Uh, yeah, and your and the context clue was a hat that they were holding, and it's just the fuck. Yeah, and then there's you know you find out later that these are all of their profile pictures for you yeah know, the the in game social media app, uh, but you don't know that when you're starting because you're trying to, um, you know, do the security. Like the two the two factor authentication or whatever, like answering the security questions by identifying who these people are. So that that one I did have to look up. I figured out a couple of them pretty pretty easily, maybe like three of them. Um, and I tried a couple of times to just get the combination of that had all three that I know, but I, I did not get that. So yeah, because every time you that one. answered incorrectly, it shuffled them. Yeah, it just that one I found frustrating. So, but now it, yeah. well, and then both of them, well, a normal lost phone does this thing where you have to like fail 
Your, so this was one that, that messed me up on, on a normal lost phone. You had to actually fail so that your account would go into like recovery mode and it would send you an email with your password. But like I failed it like twice. It's like you have to fail like three times or whatever. And I fail it twice just kind of like based on the context clues trying to guess the password. And that one was the one that I l- looked up because I didn't want to accidentally like screw up the run on the game or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was like, no, no, you're supposed to fail it so that you get the password recovery. Uh, which email. I actually kind of like that one, you know, it, kind of faking out a little bit. Yeah, it, it makes sense uh, in uh, in game. Uh, technically wise, I will say one thing is that I'm pretty sure a normal lost phone is the hardest I've driven my PC. I don't, or sorry, uh, another lost phone. I don't know what it is, but something in that game, after about halfway through, decided, okay, you have a GPU, I'm going to use every single bit of it. It was maxing my GPU out at 100%. I started smelling like burning dust, and then I looked at my task manager and saw, GPU 100%. Oh, well, I guess that would do it, huh? Yeah, that's weird. I did not have that. Didn't have that at all. So... Uh, towards the, so towards the end, I just started rushing through uh, with the walkthrough because I don't want to have more tech issues. <laughs> right. I don't know uh, if it's just something in my setup, if it's a certain driver I'm running, or if it's, you know, the gremlins are back. Both of them, both of them had beautiful soundtracks. Um, that's actually like a part of the first one that did not come back in the second one. Like the, the, the person whose phone it is and the first one is a musician. And so part of the thing that you're doing as you go through the game is you're finding some of these music tracks that they had written for their job um, as a, like a composer. Mm -hmm. And so it added tracks to the game as you played, which I really liked. The second one didn't do that. It just had a, a, you know, a wider variety of starting music, Mm -hmm. but still both soundtracks, excellent Um, art styles done really well um one both i felt like both of the the phone layouts were sort of intuitive in the sense of like especially in the beginning like they draw you to where you need to go and then they they sort of open up as you're having to go back and forth and search for things you can use stuff on them like you would a phone like you can pull up like a task list to swap back Mm -hmm. and forth between say two apps if you're using them quote unquote apps if you're using them, you can swap back and forth between them. Like they, who, whoever made this game did it or made these games did a good job, you know, copying phone interfaces in a but, way that, but not having intuitively, it, where uh, it feels like, okay, this is definitely supposed to be an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. But it, they, they designed it in such a way that it intuitively feels like a real life phone with a little bit of the bullshit cut out. Um, just because it's not actually a phone. So they don't, have quite as many menus as you might expect or quite as many in-depth options on stuff as you might expect. But being able to, you know, go back and forth between two apps, stuff like that, very nice touch. I like that. Mm-hmm. The art style was good and on itself. There are, you know, quote-unquote pictures that you can look at on these phones and acquire in both games as you play. Um, and the art styles on them are, are beautiful. Um, for the most part, sort of... I don't know what the art style is. Things are are not quite as detailed as kind as of you would. minimalistic it, it, to a to a certain degree. Yeah, and I, I really like that. I find that just very generally very appealing. It combined with a very calming, um, chill but still mood appropriate music. Um, 
all of that came together to make for a really nice experience which is weird to say because of the content of these games. Before we shift gears to talk about that, do you have any sort of other comments on the mechanics and the presentation? Uh, the not really. Itself? I do feel at times it was a little bit finicky on what it wanted you to do. Like, particularly, I, I think the first one was a little bit rougher on that one, where uh, I thought I had the right pin number and it it just wouldn't accept it because. I was expecting whenever I hit enter on the keypad, it would you know do the attempt on that instead of you know I have to click again on uh, the Wi-Fi was the one that really tripped me up at first uh, because yeah I, you had to kind of double click on uh, that on the accept uh, to attempt something yeah uh, but it eventually you know got to the point where okay uh, I, I get you know this little design quirk that. I, I could deal with this now, but at first it was kind of, of an annoyance. Yeah. So to shift gears, both to provide one and also kind of discuss them a little bit is, is, I mean, obviously we're going to spoil these games hardcore. That's mm-hmm. part of game club here. there be spoilers. And because of the nature of these games, a lot of the punch of them is lost. If you know what they are going into it. Um, but I do think that it's important to, to mention, like, these games do cover very sensitive topics, um, that, especially if you have similar experiences, can be very triggering of negative, um, emotions, like depression or anxiety, um, and the game, the, the first one doesn't have a trigger warning, I don't think, no, did it? Uh, no, it no. doesn't. The second one. I didn't read closely enough on that opening screen and I just saw more details. I thought, eh, I'll click on that. And then it you know, spoiled a major part of the plot on it, which yeah, uh, so- kind of took uh, the wind down my sails on it as well before I even got to the point where, okay, it's bugging out and it's starting to run my GPU. Time to start rushing. Yeah, I think trigger warnings are important. They're a really difficult thing to do. I do think well. that there should have been a. Uh, some sort of alert of uh, this is going to be major spoilers. Yeah. Instead of just an accidental click. I mean, to be fair, it did say that it would spoil things, but it was buried in a, a fair bit of text above that. And whenever you see more details, of, right? Yeah. So the the first game, do you want to talk about the first one? Yeah, I, let's, I guess we'll talk about, yeah, the, let's first talk about first. the first one. Uh, so, uh, how do we want to tackle this one, right? Because so in the, the the phone you find in the first game belongs to a trans person, um, male to female transition, and the sort of journey you go on is the experience that she's been having as she comes out to her friends and family, and she is from a very conservative community. Mm-hmm. I as I, I'm assuming that this is in Europe, like. None of the towns are real, but sort of the naming conventions of the towns and some of the things, like, give hints that this is in Europe. Um, See, I was getting a kind of generic U.S., especially with the zip code. Interesting. Yeah, I was getting... maybe, And maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's one of those things where it's like, you know, they did it generic enough. Like, the the right mix of generic and specific so that it, it can kind of blend with wherever your mind kind of pictures it being. But 
regardless. I'm, I'm trying to remember if, what they called the uh, the gift. Uh, did they call it a motorbike or a motorcycle? I think they called it motorcycle, which would be a more U.S.-centric term. Yeah, but there's stuff about like taking the train to places, um, which makes me think mm-hmm. European. There's not a lot of, of good... Well, there's not a lot of good public transportation in America in general, but especially train travel. You have to live in a specific couple of areas for train travel to be viable most of the time. But I mean, you know, I, I don't really think that that matters per se. Like, I think that those are details that you can use to kind of fill in the blanks and let your mind take you where it needs to go. But anyways, you know, she is she's coming out to her friends and family, learning how to express herself as a female for the first time. There are some, um, I guess we could call them scenes. I mean, I, again, you're seeing all of this stuff through a person's like text message and email and IM and, you know, other sort of history as you dig through. And, and so technically all of this stuff has already happened, but it is, you know, these are kind of like little scenes you experience because as the game reveals new bits of information to you and as you put the pieces together on what stuff is, um, you know, then then it kind of starts to recontextualize things for you, and these scenes sort of play out differently in your mind as you go back to them. And you're like, oh, okay, so with this context, then this is what was actually going on. Um, but anyways, you know, she begins presenting as female in a place where that nobody knows who she is. Like she joins a board game club and goes as a female instead of as a male, um, and you know, someone finds out her quote unquote you know dark secret. Um, I, obviously, you know, the two of us, you and I, Rage, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is not, like, stuff that is weird or I mean, bothering. It would, I, 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 admittedly, it would shock me, uh, but, right? Yeah. But, but, yeah. I, but I wouldn't be sending threats uh, to them, uh, talking uh, how sick they are and never show up again. Yeah. Right. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that like to to you and I like this is normal. Like people can be trans and can have that self-discovery. Yeah, and and, and it's fine. Like but this is being played out from some as a person who is in a place where that it's not fine. Yeah, in a very conservative society. And actually I just ran the zip code and it comes up as a postal code in Mexico, which is interesting. That is interesting. Although I could see Mexico. Yeah. I mean, and, and even though they Mexico, use the term postal code, not zip code there. So it's yeah. kind of a mishmash of uh, terms, which uh, makes you, uh, which makes it kind of, uh, of, uh, anywhere, you know, well, I was about to say anywhere USA, but not, you know, not anywhere USA. Right. Right. See, but, uh, but- uh, the way I was thinking, it was like, you know, a, a, some sort of, you know, like Southern community that. Somehow got, uh, yeah, uh, public transit. Yeah, I think the game is written to connect you, the the player, um, to anyone that you know who has had experiences like mm-hmm. this. And I think maybe that's why I placed it in Europe. I'm I'm not gonna like say any names or anything. Just I I don't know how they would feel me talking about it, but I know a couple of people who live in Europe who have gone through this experience of coming out as as trans and so have gone to like pride events and stuff in Europe. And for some reason it just connected to me as like European, you know, well, but if could... you know some people like that in, you know, small town USA mm-hmm. or Mexico or wherever, like, yeah, I could totally see you connecting it to those, those things too. 
Yeah, maybe that's just uh, because, you know, we both live in very conservative states. Uh, you know, I kind of put it in the U.S., even though th- this is a French uh, developer as well. So that could also be a bit of the European bent on your side of things. Yeah. But so anyways, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's the gist. You know, she's going to she goes to a board game club where she presents as female to people who don't know. Someone finds out, makes threats, calls her disgusting and all kinds of other very, you know, negative transphobic. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, is, is transphobic. Um, and there are other characters who are transphobic, including uh, the the protagonists or well, I guess technically the protagonist, the the. The girl, I can't remember her name because it's been a couple months since I played it. Um, but you uh, know, the girlfriend. Well, yeah, the the girlfriend finds out, but also the parents, and um, it's on on your birth. Like you get this motorcycle for, or she gets a motorcycle for like her birthday or like right before her birthday, and on her birthday, like she leaves and drives to her this other city. Th- we should uh, specify. Yeah, on her 18th birthday, she she leaves and drives to this other city where she went to a pride parade and met some nice people and well that um, was before the birthday it was before the birthday like she went there she pretended she was going to i think a board game convention uh, or no, something a book festival uh, she book- she was talking about uh going uh, also to a book club uh but it was in truth a support group for young uh trans people yeah uh, in another town over uh, because yeah uh, they were in this shithole conservative uh, town their words by the way uh, where you know everybody is highly bigoted and the one person that they were be able to talk to is going away to university uh, at the uh, end of the school year uh, going into the summer they'll be going to college so you know they're losing their support and they saw getting a motorcycle as like okay uh, uh, this is my ticket out of here and they'd been talking to uh someone on uh the dating app after they uh broke up with their girlfriend uh to uh yeah uh find more support out there they actually set up two uh uh dating profiles one is male one is female just to you know try to feel it out because for a while it felt more like they were going to be bah, you know? Yeah, the, the game does a good job of, of easing the player into this story. Like, it doesn't just, you know, blow its load on, on being trans, like, immediately, which that's a fun phrase I just said. But <laughs> it, it does it in such a way that it allows you, the player, to go on sort of this discovery journey with her as well you know in in a way that i think only gameplay can you know sort of the idea of ludo narrative like telling a story through gameplay like there is a story that's being told but also you know the gameplay itself is helping to reveal that story yeah um and so it it does begin and you're like oh there's some weird relationship stuff going on here and you start thinking well like well is this person you know perhaps gay or um, or maybe asexual because another part of it is they got kind of weirded out when their girlfriend of a couple years uh, decided, "Yeah, we're gonna jump your bones. Uh, uh, come New Year's." Yeah, it's it's time it's time to to bone down. So you know, are they maybe gay or are they ace or? And it, it slowly starts. You know, okay, well maybe they're maybe they're bi or or pan or like oh okay, so there's some elements of of 
uh, of trans stuff here? Is it maybe, you know, more gender fluid or is it trans? And, and I, I, I think the game, you know, in the end is very much like, you know, she is fully, you know, trans. I didn't pick up any hints of like gender fluidity or, yeah. or non-binary stuff or anything like that. In yeah. There. Uh, trans uh, or uh, trans attracted to males because of uh, some of the stuff that uh, she was saying in the profile where she was presenting as female. Yeah. Uh, to the, uh, that one guy, uh, that, the one that you shared pictures with. Yeah. The one who was, uh, accepting and yeah. Um, yeah, that she was, wasn't she going to the same town that he was in? Wasn't that it? Uh, I, I think he said that, that there was a, uh, shelter there. Or it was either him or Alice that, uh, talked about it to get away. Because gotcha. uh, one of uh, both of them were concerned about what was going to happen when they came out, because you know it has to be eventually, right? Yeah. And so, uh, some of the stuff with the girlfriend, where yeah, uh, uh, before you know, it really comes out that yeah, you know, it's going to be a story about a young trans woman. Uh, how hateful she was getting as well was just disheartening so it's a good yeah. thing that they got out of that at least yeah i am for for both of these games i'm in a really interesting position like i mean both of us do live in ultra conservative areas mm -hmm. of of the united states so just even if you know i somehow had managed to never interact with uh somebody on the spectrum in my entire life I would still be able to relate to some of those things. But I, I think, you know, you and, and I both know people who are, um, you know, somewhere. Yeah, some somewhere in the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, hell, you know me, mm -hmm. right? Even if you don't know anybody else, you know me. Yeah. Um, but then I have this other thing, like being a therapist, like, you know, obviously... I'm not going to like just start naming names, but right off the top of my head, I had like five or six people as we started talking that like, I recognize this experience because they have shared it with me through the process of therapy and have even talked some people into the idea of like, no, you do need to go. You do need to find your escape because you're going to wind up either, you know, repressed your entire life or worse because of what that's going to do to you. Like, you know, I have experienced this journey with so many people in a way that is pretty unique. I mean, obviously, those are the therapists out there. Those are the people who I'm sure know plenty of people within this community. But my position gives me an interesting insight into it that I think maybe the only deeper insight could come from being a trans person myself, which I am not. I am not trans. But, you know, I... uh yeah, I have like five or six people that come to mind as I was playing this game. And I think I figured the trans thing out earlier than maybe you're intended to. But like, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm so smart. I figured it out. Just I was like, I have so much experience working with people from this community that I'm like, oh, okay. I think this is where this is going. And it's like confirmed, you know. But I mean, I, I cried. Both of these games, I cried when mm -hmm. I finished. Um, because I know so many people who have those as their stories that have shared their stories with me. And even though these stories are fictional per se, 
even if the people who develop them don't have these stories in their background, they had to have talked to people who shared those experiences with them so that they could create these experiences for people to play. Yeah, and they, they did are, a very good job. Uh, yes. Especially once you got to the message board and start reading some of the back and forth. Yeah. I didn't read as much as I had planned to uh, there, but I did read a fair bout, a bit of it. And uh, seeing uh, the uh, kind of the support group in uh, Sam, or uh, I'm blanking on her, on her feminine name. Uh, it was a derivative of Sam, though. Samaria? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. Like I said, I played this in in April, the 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 weekend before mm-hmm. we were going to do Game Club. Yeah, then my computer kind of blew up. Yeah. What, I mean, you know, so, but I, I mean, I played it once. I played it three hours then, and so much mm-hmm. of it has stuck with me. Some of those very specific details about names and stuff I'm drawing a blank on, but... I mean, all of the, like, I didn't even refresh myself, you know? Like, that's how much that this story stuck with me. So, it's yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, if you're, uh, don't mind going into it already spoiled, it is well worth the journey. I, the only thing I, it's one of those games that is so short that it's, uh, might be abused by the Steam re- refund system because, right? Yeah. So the the other one, the second one, another lost phone, Lara's story, uh, opens with this trigger warning about abuse. And it is a, a story about um, Lara, a, a lady, who uh, gets into an abusive relationship with someone who is, um, starts a, a, an abuse cycle, an escalating yeah. abuse cycle. Sorry, you. I, uh, uh, I, well, no, I was uh, about to uh, say um, just really manipulative going into abuse. Yeah, and I, you know, you you started this before before me, and you told me about the trigger warning at the beginning. But even if you hadn't told me, like the first, yeah, that first series of texts, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is classic abuse cycle shit." Yep. And again, I can think of t- two people. This week, this week already that I am I'm, I'm actively working with them to help them break that abuse cycle. Now the question is, uh, could you use either of these games as like therapy? Of okay, I'm I'm going to give you a copy of something. I want you to work through it. Yeah, I I actually I have I have used um, a normal lost phone already. I have it on um, itch. It, because it was part of that huge bundle. Yeah, it was actually and, uh, part of the two huge bundles that they've done recently. Yeah, I, I can't remember if both of them are in there. Both, they both might be. Uh, but that is just... Are. Yeah, so that's just a download, though, of the executable and the files that go along with it. And I've given that to a couple of people already for them to play through as sort of therapy homework. Um, and and have, have been having... Well, I haven't had a conversation with them about it yet we're going to soon in the next week or two we got all this insurance crap and getting people like cycled <laughs> through for their in-office sessions right now and then i'll be able to get back to like focusing on that but yeah and i think I, i'm gonna be able to use this this game as a therapeutic tool as well but anyways yeah um it, it plays out the same way you start out with a series of text messages that seem 
innocuous at first. Well, except for that then, one set. Yeah. But, you know, the more you read through them, the more you're like, something's not right here. And if, if you don't know, you know, if you've never, you know, if you've been fortunate enough to not experience it or be exposed to it, you might not know. It just might seem like these sort of, you know, initially sweet text messages that start to get a little weird and then by the end are like, wait, what's going on here before you start uncovering more information. Mm -hmm. But to someone who has experienced that or who, you know, is familiar with it, either friends, family, or again, through my sort of unique lens into it, like I immediately peg that as like, this is the start of the abuse cycle. This is someone who is, you know, building you up, making you dependent on them. And then they're going to start tearing you down. And, and it and, and they stick true to the escalating cycle of abuse because it starts out with, you know, words, um, tearing, you know, and you, you start to make someone dependent on you, you know, the gaslighting, the lies that you tell, making people doubt themselves, reducing their self-esteem, making them feel anxious and depressed. Then you start to physically manipulate them. Um, you, this game, the, the way that it's portrayed in the game is initially like she starts getting, uh, basically left at home with no transportation or being locked in the apartment or locked out of the apartment. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, it was an accident. I left my keys or I've only got one set of keys or whatever. Um, and then it, it escalates to sort of psychological, like torture and terror. Like messing the guy, his her, name is, Oh, sorry. I was going to say messing with her reminders for uh, her pill. Yeah. So she's taking birth control. Um, that's a very, common thing that abusers will do in those situations is is anything to keep someone dependent on you so if they're taking birth control um if you either get them off of their birth control by manipulating it or ruining it or just getting rid of it and then they get pregnant then that makes someone more dependent on you materially and psychologically um and that's like some horrific despicable shit but it's very common in, in very escalated abuse cycles. And of course you get to the physical abuse. It doesn't, un unless I missed something, it doesn't talk a lot about him being physically abusive. Like he, I think it says that he pushed her down or something. Yeah. It was um, uh, uh, right before where he started to get really physically abusive. It seemed like that she, yeah, that she got out, um, which uh, good on her. But at the same time, you know, it, it feels like kind of, jumping early as, as sad as that might uh, sound but you know what i mean yeah how it's uh you know she's got worn uh, worn by an ex or a friend of an ex i should say and it sounded like uh he fucking killed her at one point the ex yeah even though that was really ambiguous you know, they yeah, they 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 kept talking about her in the past tense, like she's no longer around. Yeah, I didn't get the idea that he killed her, but I did get the idea that he really harmed her. You know, did some pretty serious physical damage. I mean, maybe the maybe they do want the implication that he murdered her, or you know, maybe that's or implied, or drove but... her to suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, uh, really fucked up. And how, yeah. uh, you know, she brushes it off at first and then comes back around like, oh, maybe, right? Yeah. The game does provide resources within itself to, to educate people on the cycle of abuse. There's a couple of, like, 
um, I can't remember if they're like pamphlets or like searches that she did online to to find out about the abuse cycle. Um, it's portrayed very true to life. Yeah, very it's realistically. once you uh, sync your phone, uh, you get a, a series of notes where uh, she's done some research. Yeah, um, she's got two phones. She's got one for her work and then a personal phone. And um, she eventually is convinced to lock her work phone and then... Uh, because he's he's controlling her like he's he's got full access to her phone he's tracking her via gps um well, he goes through her text messages yeah. and her emails and tries to cut her off well, i mean does successfully cuts her off from friends and family uh actually uh shares a old video that uh, she made for a previous boyfriend to humiliate her at the office so that she has an anxiety attack and works remotely now yeah it's just what the fuck right yeah, and um, which how I which how he got that is still kind of up in the air unless I missed something. Yeah, it it seems like he uh, somehow like recovered it or something on her phone, like it had been deleted, but he recovered it from deleted files or from like because on on a lot of phones, you know, stuff will not be actually immediately deleted; it'll yeah. stick around. Um, Apple phones are notorious for that. Like, if you delete something, it'll stick around in your iCloud for, like, 30 days or something like that before it's actually truly mm-hmm. deleted. But anyways, like, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I, she, I mean, I, I wish that this weren't true, but very rarely do people get out so quickly. Like, she was in this relationship for a few months. Yeah. And then she got out. Typically what happens, in, in my experience, is that someone will get into a relationship they immediately realize that it's abusive and leave immediately or they get sucked in and they're they're tra- they get trapped in it for months and months and months years sometimes decades even before they're able to escape and the the cycle of abuse always escalates and i have clients who you know who have i you know who have been able to escape it at various points i have clients who did not and sometimes I think I think that's why I cried at the end of this game, because I think about those clients that I have had who were in abusive relationships that I know that their significant other realized that good work was being made in therapy and prevented them from coming. And I genuinely, genuinely worried that they have been killed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the game does portray it very real, very true to life, as true to life as you can. But I, I agree with you that I think she got out of it sooner than what actually happens most of the time. Yeah, which uh, that's mostly due to narrative where she got tipped off by the friend of an ex. Uh, finally breaking through, right? Yeah. they Yeah, they play that well, though. Like, initially, Lara is very resistant to what this friend is saying, believing what and even her boyfriend... And even the evidence kind of backfires at first. Yeah, but she's able to, you know, sort of reason through it. I I might have missed something. She's got like multiple like doctor's appointments and stuff. Yeah, I think that I think it's implied that maybe the doctor pointed some of this stuff out to her, and then that's what made her sort of sh- realize. Yeah, yeah there's what an was entire like list of doctors that I didn't understand what was going on with that one. Yeah, unless yeah, I, I might be a little dense on that one. No, I didn't see anything either that was like, 
I mean, there are multiple doctor's appointments, and then there's the resources that you find that's talking about abuse. Yeah, um, there was uh, pretty much uh, one was obviously she was going to talk about getting on birth control because immediately afterward, after that on the uh, uh, the appoint uh, on the calendar, it's uh, take pill, you know, day uh, pretty much daily, except for well, not counting where it gets deleted, you know. Uh, the prepper cycle for birth control, I, I should say. Yeah, there's. So, I mean, I'm so not going to pretend so was, to be a birth control so it was expert. Ver- so it was very obvious what was going on there. Yeah, I, I know it's uh, several days on them, uh, a couple days off. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm not an expert on birth control. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I do know that when it comes to the, I mean, there's different sort of cycles that you can take pills on for mm-hmm. different types of birth control, and that the ones that she's on is a 28 day cycle, and you take. I mean, you take a pill every day, um, but for the first, like, three weeks, it's one type of pill, and then for the last week, it's a different one, and that's so that women can have their periods. Like, that last seven, it's not like it's a, it's a placebo pill, but it's, like, a different hormone uh, composition that lets, um, yeah. lets, lets a, the woman menstruate. My, my brain was struggling for the correct word for a moment. But yeah, I'm, as you can tell, listener, I don't, I'm, I don't hesitate to talk about this shit. I talk to people <laughs> all the time about body stuff and sex stuff. Like it's just words, just words. But anyways, yeah. And the game goes also does a good job explaining symptoms that happen as sort of a, a the sort of effects of the ongoing trauma and ways that they can affect people because she talks in one of the notes about uh symptoms of like losing weight uh, i took that as uh, the her... symptoms of the birth control she was on uh well i could be mistaken on that one though usually birth control makes you gain weight um symptoms that, that come along with trauma specifically the massive anxiety that can accompany traumas loss of appetite it can completely wreck for for women it can completely wreck your menstrual cycle between the the weight loss and um, constant production of cortisol in your brain, um, cortisol being the stress hormone, um, you know, as a survival mechanism for short, short periods, cortisol is great. It slows or shuts down lots of our body functions, makes us able to do the fight or flight response much more quickly and efficiently on a biological level. Long term, it's terrible for you. And some of the side effects are like... Yeah, which we'll get into that one in the community corner. Yeah, but side effects are like fatigue, um, uh, weight loss or weight gain, depending on how your metabolism goes, and then those can have knock-on effects as well. Yeah, I probably it's, just... It's a mess. I probably just drew the lines differently because, you know, you know uh, as soon as I figured it out, you know, okay, she went to the doctor and it's on the pill, uh, then, yeah, I saw a list of symptoms and thought, oh, well, it's probably this particular type, right? Yeah. So, but but anyways, that's that's the second story, Laura's story. So uh, one thing I, I, I never do think... uh, figured out, and maybe it's just me being, uh, like I said, dense a little bit. But uh, the counters, uh, there was a, a series of counters that I never figured out the need for, or if it was just yeah, it was fluff. Yeah, if there's something that directly calls those out. I missed it. My interpretation of what the counters were is that someone, like, they they are very low. 
and then they tick up really high. And then the last couple of days, they're, you know, basically haven't been used at all. And so my, my thought was, was that someone had told her like, Hey, pay attention to his behavior. And whenever he does something like keep note of it, because I have told people to do that before for therapy. Okay. So it's, uh, it's something that I wouldn't have figured out, but was obvious to you. Yeah. And now there may have been, you know, a reference to it somewhere that I just missed. Um, in one of the, you know, one of the many text messages or emails or whatever. Um, but see, that's, that's why I think that I was, I missed something like, cause that would be something that, you know, I could say them in the game just to simplify it, saying that a doctor told them to do that. Whereas that's much more of a psychology thing, but yeah, I have done that. I have told people to like, keep track of, of specific behaviors or words or phrases or whenever you're made to feel a certain way to keep track of it. Cause people will, Especially when, when you're first confronting them about the abuse cycle and therapy, people will flat out deny it in the way that you see in the game of like, no, he really cares for me. And I, you know, he really understands me and he knows that I need these things and he takes care of me. It's like, no, you're, no, you're just being, you know, gaslit into believing these things. They're not actually true. Here, let's create some evidence where I can show you. So that, that was my take on the counter. I could be completely wrong, but that's, like what I picked up on when I saw it, like, you know, immediately I was like, Oh, it's like a behavior tracker. Yeah. And since I don't have the therapy background, yeah, I, that one went up from my head. I was expecting it to, uh, maybe eventually unlock something like it, the calculator did in uh, the first game where, yeah. where you unlock the diary to, you know, uh, go get the person's thoughts, uh, as, you know, they kind of uh, finally have enough is enough. And uh, even though I do like the epilogue, but it, at the same time, it feels uh, like it ties things up into uh, too much of a neat bow. bow. Maybe it's just, yeah. there, I like the idea of the epilogue, but there it felt like there was too much of it. And they felt like they needed to explain everything. And it might have been a reaction to the first one, kind of leaving things just, you know, loose of what happened next because yeah. in the first one i once you get to the end of the game uh, you get one final email back and forth between uh, uh sam and alex or alice uh saying uh essentially uh, uh i i just ran away i'm at the center now uh so i'm safe uh but i just threw away my phone in a panic and uh uh, there was a lot of stuff on there that uh, someone could you know, use to blackmail me. And now it says, well, if they're a good person, they would just delete it uh, and pocket the new phone as kind of a, re- a karma reward. Yeah. Uh, and this one, they it felt like they had to tie it up too much into a, a nice old bow, in my opinion. Maybe it's just, yeah, I, I like the idea of, okay, Sam got to the uh, shelter, but you don't need to know everything that happened afterwards. Right. Yeah, it felt it felt a lot more natural, whereas in the sec in Lara's story, it felt like it was a direct like fourth wall break, because you get a message from from Lara that ba- that says like I left my phone at the at a train station for someone to find, and whenever you find this and get this message, activate the GPS so that my uh, you know my ex boyfriend will will come after the phone. Um, but obviously I won't be there cause I'm gone. And this is like a misdirect. Like 
I mean, that's not what uh, it says word for word, but I mean, that is, I mean, it does like lay all of that out for you. And I'm like, okay, this is too, this is too much. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's kind of a parallel to the first one. I'm talking about after that, after the credits, there's a, well, there's a sequence of text messages. That, yeah, no, that I, yeah, the up. epilogue. Yeah. Uh, well, I was kind of, it, I agree. Okay. So I agree with you. I specifically wanted to call out how sort of, I guess, video gamey that one sort of email, like that call out email that's like, Hey, here's the, the code to turn the GPS back on, do that. And then erase my phone, please. I'm like, okay, you didn't have to do that game. But yeah, I, I, I also I would agree have preferred with you. Like something uh, similar to the first one where, uh, uh, although there wasn't a lot of uh, people that were supporting her, uh, outside of the friend of the ex, maybe a uh, email between those two uh, of something yeah. similar and not, you know, lean this wacky, uh, you know, uh, false trail. It, I will agree that it felt a little out there. It, it, felt, it felt like a tonal shift. That's what it is. Yeah. Where, you know, everything felt very realistic. Then you had this very video gamey uh, uh, section, mostly for achievements because. Uh, the Steam version, the different achievements, it's one is uh, going through the entire game and uh, then turning uh, on the GPS to you know, lead a false trail. And the other one is just delete the thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think what they wanted to do with this one, because a normal lost phone, even though there are definitely elements of sadness and trauma and tragedy in it, the it's it's ending on the happy ending like the person leaves their their horrible environment to go to st- try to start a new life who they actually are that in and of itself i think is a happy enough ending but the end of this abuse story it felt like what they wanted to do was like no see it turned out okay look it's nice they they've made they're making amends with their friends and family how nice is that and i mean like yes it is nice and i mean you know, in therapy, I do encourage people to try to reach out to those that they had cut off as a result of the abusive relationships. Yeah, but, but it's not always a happy ending either. Yeah, it's not always a happy ending. Sometimes those people, and, and I think it can be justified depending on how, you know, the, the the person who was being abused treated them. Like, you know, people are complicated and we form a complicated web of relationships and, you know, your actions have consequences, even if they were forced or you were manipulated into doing something. It's still something ultimately that you did. And that has consequences and people aren't always loving and forgiving. So it it just felt too like saccharine sweet, you know, like, especially with such a tonal shift, right? Yeah. So I, I think both, both games do a good job conveying their message. A normal lost phone sticks its landing is probably the best way that I can see it. Whereas Lara's story kind of falters at the end because I think they go too over the top to try to make you feel good after feeling bad. And I think that takes away, honestly, from some of the power of the story that they're trying to to tell and, and educate people and give them sort of a window into, you know, a life that they've hopefully never had to experience so still though i mean both are great um normal lost phone you know solid a a plus lara's story b 
B B plus. Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, another fault or uh, fault on it is just how abstract uh, some of the puzzles is in another lost phone compared to normal lost phone. But we got into that before, where yeah. it requires a lot more digging and a lot more memorization. Yeah, for sure. If there was some sort of mechanic where, you know, if you saw someone, you know, you, you could have an option to remember it, maybe, or if you downloaded the proper pictures, you know, yeah. or some sort of different lockout mechanism that wasn't uh, so reliant on some odd leaps of logic. Yeah. So I think even, you know, if, if you've listened to to this whole thing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, and we're sorry. I, I still think... <laughs> I'm not. Not for this one. Um, but anyways, I would still recommend this. If you haven't played it, but you've listened to us talk about the games. Yes, we spoiled, you know, sort of the, the, the reveals, I suppose. But there is no way that we did the actual discovery of these journeys justice by talking about them. I still think that there's something in there for people to to play. And I think what I'm going to do is is whenever I edit this, I'm going to record just like a little a little thing. And if I put it in here now, I'll forget. So I'll, I'll need to record it when I edit. But I'm just record a little thing to, to, to sort of put at the beginning of this that says like, hey, you know, we recommend – I'm pretty sure you recommend this, right? Yeah. You, you already said – yeah. So, you know, we recommend these games – if you want to play them to get the full impact of the story without us spoiling it, please do. It's it's worth your time to do so. I don't think I've ever wholly recommended a game more than this just because of the impact that it can have on you. But even if you did listen to it, even if you, you know, you're listening now, you ignored the warning, you still listened all the way through it, and you're like, oh man, story is spoiled. Doesn't matter. Still go play it. It's worth it. I will give you, I will give the game to you, you know, so that you can play. You don't have to worry about buying. I mean, they're cheap. They're cheap. Even if you buy yeah, them the, at full price yeah, on the, Steam, they're cheap. The bundle is under five bucks at normal price. I'm pretty sure they yeah. go down to a buck each uh, during Steam sales. Yeah, but if you don't, you don't have any spare any spare money to buy it. You know, just let me know. I will, I will send you the, the thing from Itch. I mean, how the and, uh, uh, you can play th- those bundles on itch was uh, quite amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be having more into those. Yeah, so normal lost phone and another lost phone. Lara's story, excellent games. Two thumbs up. Full recommend on both. I think a normal lost phone is better. Lara's story is still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me really want to go try their other game that they have out. It's not a phone game, but yeah. Uh, I didn't know they had another game. Uh, Alt Frequencies. Man. Okay, uh, I didn't realize that was their game. I've seen it. I didn't realize uh, that was made by the same uh, people. It was given away on uh, Prime Gaming, and I'm pretty sure it was in the bundles as well, although I'd have to double check on that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a very interesting thing, and that's kind of the idea with uh, this developers that they they tried different things sometimes it does falter but gotta applaud them for yeah, doing something different right i agree 
I agree. Yeah, so I, I, I've seen this game before. I went to look it up just to be sure, but I've seen this before. I just didn't realize it was the same developer. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Our uh, our next Game Club game, though, is... Uh, something a little bit more... Uh, yeah, something a little bit more mainline, huh? Yeah. At this point, it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, we're going to be playing... Thank you, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> right. We're going to be playing XCOM Enemy Unknown... Uh, Slash with, enemy within, yes, which was the DLC expansion, whatever, to that game. But uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown was the uh, re reboot of the XCOM series that came out mm-hmm. in what twenty twelve, something like that. Let me let me look here. Yeah, twenty twelve. Um, I've played through it. A couple of times. Um, I've done the setup for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I lost. I, right. I, I've played through a couple, two or three times um, with the base game. I've never played using any mods. So I'm I'm, I'm intending to use the Long War mod. Um, uh, I don't want to. You wanna, said you were going to use. I don't want to do the Long War. Uh, what I'm probably going to do is a lightly modded game with. Focus on just uh, probably map packs because one of the downsides of this game is that it, it uses a set pool of maps and eventually you start to you know hit the same maps over and over again. So. Yeah. So and we can we can talk about the experiences that we've had of the base game and, and the stuff that the mods do, but. That is what we're going to be doing for our August Game Club. So we've got one, two, three, four, five weeks to play XCOM Enemy Unknown. We'll somehow fit that in between our our off-road trucking. Maybe, or just cram it in at the end. This is a hard game to cram. I mean, it, it takes a good... I mean, my, my sort of fastest playthrough that wasn't a loss was like 30 hours. I'll see. I just lose quickly. <laughs> I'm sure somebody could speed run it. I'm sure there are speed runs of this game that can be done in like, I don't know, like two hours. But for my play style, even like pushing it, I'm looking at like 30 hours to beat it. So uh, that's not, a, that's not now, a rush it on a weekend. Now, now you got me wondering. Uh, ooh, damn. So the bad ending, of course, which is just losing, uh, is one minute fifty six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, enemy with the within DLC no heroes. Uh no uh no safe scum this time. Uh uh is two and a half hours. Um any percent with heroes which I think it's the deal that's the DLC, right? Uh yeah. Uh, it, there's not a lot of speed runs on this actually, but it's just under an hour. Uh, any percent no, uh, heroes is, uh, right at two hours. And there, yeah. there is a Twitch stream of all these, by the way, on, uh, speedrun.com. XCOM, uh, two actually is a lot longer. Yeah, I'm assuming they're using some kind of exploit to trigger the final, the final mission. Uh, most likely, especially since it's any percent. 
But yeah. even uh, the enemy within DLC No Heroes is two and a half hours. So that's pretty damn quick. Uh, XCOM 2, you're looking at a couple hours uh, with no save abuse standard play uh, is at four hours. Yeah. I've never beaten XCOM 2. I, I've lost every time I've ever played, both modded and unmodded. Uh, well, we'll probably eventually do the rest of the series because I have it. Yeah, I've got XCOM, XCOM 2, uh, and Chimera Squad. Yeah. I've also got the original XCOM UFO Defense. Yeah, I have uh, Chimera Squad. They don't have any DLC on it, which is actually a little strange for Fraxis. I've also got the Bureau. No. Which is no. the, the third-person no. no. XCOM no. shooter. No. No, I played it. No. It's okay. No. It- I've played much better games, but it it's okay. I played a lot better games. Uh, it, it, it's okay. The beginning of it's decent, and then it just goes shit. I just did not enjoy it at all. Yeah, I beat it, but it was a slog. Right. I understand. Uh, but yeah, XCOM. So let's go do our only news topic. Yeah, good thing it's a small one us- and not yo know, uh, yeah. Uh, complex and uh, nuanced, right? Yeah, I can already tell you we're not going to be doing uh, Discovery Q this week because it's already almost midnight. I was hoping to be in bed by 1230. I mean, I'm not going to rush through this, but yeah. there, there's not going to be time. So yeah, let's uh, head on over to Community Corner. Um, I saw this pop up, what was it, last Tuesday? Or last went? No, it, it popped up after we recorded, so... Oh. Yeah, last, yeah. This uh, kind last of broke, Wednesday or Thursday. This broke between like Wednesday and Thursday with everything, and it, more is just kind of spilled out with Jim Sterling, of course, uh, uh, commenting, and we have another video on here from, uh, I believe, a World of Warcraft uh, uh, YouTuber. It's yeah. just who. So, so shit's going down for Blizzard. Yeah, Activision Blizzard was. It, it, the, the very Cliff Notes version is Activision Blizzard is being sued by the state of California for violating a lot, a lot of labor laws, <laughs> just a whole bunch of them. Um, the 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 lawsuit that has been filed is public. Um, you can go read through it if you want. I read through part of it. I didn't read all of it. Some of it is is plain and easy to understand. Some of it is, of course, legalese. Um, the gist of what they are being sued for is uh, unpaid wages, underpaid wages, um, lack, uh, like un- underpaying or not paying out benefits to workers, um, such as like health insurance and things like that. Um, uh, specifically, underpaying women. Um, for doing equal work, there's a specific term. Well, in there well not that. even just equal work, but there's allegations that uh, some of the higher ups will delegate more work to the women so that the men could uh, sit around and play video games and get drunk. Yeah, there, there's a specific like phrase in there that's that basically means like you know they're being underpaid to do the same work as their male counterparts, um, but. So not being women specifically not being paid uh, equal pay for equal work, um, 
and then things like unpaid. Well, I guess this is going to un- unpaid wages, but unpaid overtime from mandatory mandatory crunch periods, um, things like that. Then you get into that. That's the bad shit. Then you get into the dis- dis- despicable shit for workplace practices where that specifically male employees and and we'll get more into the specifics, but are being horribly sexist to female co-workers um, and female co-workers or female females, female employees being passed over for promotions being um, because they may get pregnant. Yes. I was going to say being fired or um, disciplined, you know, disciplined for doing things like daring to get pregnant or get sick or having to go to the bathroom too often because they're pregnant. Yes. Um, and then lots and lots and lots of sexual, um, harassment complaints filed and ignored and Activision Blizzard not doing anything about it. Um, almost exclusively from male to female coworkers. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's nasty. Oh, and there's there, one other thing we need to highlight. Also, a suicide. Yep, there was there was uh, someone who committed suicide. Uh, a, a on, on a business trip after uh, she was, uh, her nude photos were passed around at a company uh, a holiday party. Yep, and there are allegations that her boss had been sexually harassing her and that she committed suicide on this trip. Because the and this is alleged that he had uh, brought like anal beads and uh, well, it was a butt lube. plug and a and lube according to the documents actually. Okay, butt plug. I thought it was anal beads, no. but still, no, no, butt we, plug and lube. No, no, we have to be very specific on that one. On our on our litigations of putting mm-hmm. things up your butt, yes, yeah. Uh, and it was so bad for certain workers that. One was jokingly calling their cubicle the Bill Cosby suite. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It just... What the fuck? What in the ever-living fuck? How could people act so despicably and then just sweep it under the rug for years to the point that the state of California launched a a multi-year investigation and then... Pulls uh, litigation on them. Yeah, the the investigation for this Two started years. in 2019. Yeah. It probably would have been filed last year, but COVID mm-hmm. uh, obviously slowed that way down. But yeah, investigating them for two years, and I mean, I'm sure that there's has been something that has leaked somewhere along the lines. Well, there's been uh, there's it, been but... allegations, of course, and it's just a, an absolute shit show. Yeah, California will get them. <laughs> In, as far as the United States goes, California has got the most progressive regulations around all of this stuff. California is going to get them. The question is for how much. And all I've seen is speculation. The, the, the filing of the lawsuit does not specify the exact compensation. I mean, it, it has compensation that it wants. It talks about getting financial restitution for everyone who hasn't been paid. And for the people who have been who harassed and for, you know, Activision Blizzard to pay for all of the court costs and legal fees and yada yada. The speculations I have seen have been in the, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, there's um, uh, one video. It's not the Jim Sterling. Actually, is it on the list? I think I might have missed that one where 
they're going through a lot of the documents and they're talking about how people have PTSD for working at Blizzard. And yeah, absolutely. If I was in a workplace where that people were constantly sexually harassing me and not that I would know anything me. about that one uh, with the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to figure out how to make that into like a, a a witty retort, but I got nothing. I'll pay for your therapy bills. I know a few good therapists. I'm not falling. But for anyways. That one. But anyways, if I worked in a place where I was constantly being sexually harassed and also regular harassed and also forced to work 60, 70, 80 hour weeks on the regular and also being given like twice as much work or, you know, as as my coworkers, like, yeah, I would be experiencing lots of trauma from that, too. And And the thing that I have seen going around, because this is the sort of thing that always happens, is like, well, they could have left. No one was saying that they had to stay. Okay, here's that the, is an, yeah, that that's a not fair assessment because if you leave a job, especially at a high profile uh, company like Activision Blizzard, that's going to be a dark cloud on your resume for years. Yeah, and there's a huge power differential there because if you when you leave, you know, regardless of whether or not it's you know. In, in response to this, or if you are pursuing, you know, advancement opportunities elsewhere or whatever, you've still got to get recommendations. You've still got to get the support of the people at your current employer while that all that's going on. If you just leave, you'll get blackballed, like you said, being working at a high-profile company like Activision Blizzard in the industry. And even if people are trying to get work elsewhere, like people have got to eat yeah. and have insurance. And if they've got families or anybody that they help support. Yeah, because the U.S. has this insane thing where health insurance is tied to employment. Employment. And, there, you know, there, it's not like there's been some sort of major health uh, crisis for the last year and a half. Nope, no such thing. Uh, that news. that would make getting you know personal uh, uh, health insurance an absolute nightmare. Plus, you know, California is not a cheap state to live in. No, it is not. So, especially if you're living in the area where you could work at Activision Blizzard, it's not like it's out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, that is in a very at at, at best an unfair assessment of that, that situation and these uh, people's, you know, ability to respond to it. The power is all, all of the power is concentrated on the corporate side of the table, and not that's the employee not, side. And that's not even before you start to get to, well, like we talked about in Another Lost Phone, the uh, the abuse cycle where they're getting gaslit, where they feel powerless. They feel like they're worth nothing. So they might be slipping in depression where you know it's just they don't feel like they could do anything to try to stop it so they just try to power through which causes them to dig a, the hole deeper and deeper and deeper until something breaks yep absolutely so oh yeah to say this is a mess would be the biggest understatement of the year <laughs> so far yeah it, it's so bad it broke jim sterling yeah they were were very, very upset 
not just mad. I mean, there was definitely madness involved too, but also just like exasperation, exhaustion. And I do want to highlight, this is not something unique to Activision Blizzard. This is all over the industry. It's just Activision Blizzard this time instead of you know, EA or Ubisoft, especially Ubisoft. So it's not trying to say, well, they should have just went to a different company because it's not going to be different there. I agree with Jim Sterling. We need to cut out the rot in the industry. And I'm not even sure how you could go about that without just, you know, gutting the AAA in, uh, developer. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's bring out the guillotines. Start with fucking Eve Jumeau and Bobby fucking Kotick. <laughs> What's his face? The fake, the, the long haired fake apology blizzard guy yeah. and the do you guys not have phones guy yeah uh well uh activision blizzard has been any pitch for has oh yeah especially that douchebag uh has been in full like you know uh trying to say it's uh terrible while also downplaying it uh they've just released uh to try to divert attention the entire set of the new upcoming uh, Hearthstone uh, cards just silently on their websites like, oh, go check these out. You just ignore everything else. We're not going to put it on Twitch because, you know, uh, the, the Twitch chat will eat us alive. Yeah. It, what's just so double-faced about this is, remember Blitz, uh, Blitzchon? How they fucking crucified him? Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, they're downplaying this. Right? Yeah. I'm putting Activision Blizzard on on the list of game devs that I'm not going to buy games from anymore. If I want to play something of theirs, I'm just going to pirate it. Well, to be fair, they made it a lot easier to not want to play anything of theirs since, you know, uh, the, you know, their last major release was absolute shit. And it's been a year and a half and they haven't fixed it. Hey, how about that for a, a little bit of a segue? It's not quite tied to this but at the same time you know it kind of shows more of the culture there where uh you know they knew it was coming uh this entire uh, thing and they just pushed out anyway and promised to fix it and still haven't i just assumed that it had been fixed by this point or yeah some progress had been done and i just hadn't heard about it so right yeah and the main- this is your uh, your aged like milk article, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I kind of uh, the main reason I wanted to talk about this was that last like couple lines in the Bloomberg article because it's tied to uh, uh, Jason Strasser, yeah, which has actually a pretty good track record of in depth articles and uh, uh, and well some real thoughtful pieces. Yeah, and he's done up. A- bunch of stuff i think the the one in the last couple of years that i'm he's most notable for is the anthem one yeah that big anthem breakdown of of all the stuff from behind the scenes from sources he had acquired yeah that anyways, yeah that last sorry, uh, that last line is is from uh a, a, a an editor on blizzard watch which is a fan site uh talking about how They've earned quite a bit of trust over the years, and it'll take more than one bad game release to destroy it. <laughs> oh, you're right. And this was the thing. I mean, granted, I already didn't trust. Didn't trust, don't trust. 
companies. Yeah, I have optimist uh, or skeptical optimism at uh, best. And Blizzard is just who, right? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if uh, who I trust less at this point, uh, Activision Blizzard, because they are one entity. Even though they try to act like Blizzard is its own thing, no, it's not. Read some of the stuff on the uh, Warcraft Three Reforged, how they hamstrung, they couldn't figure out. They hamstrung the development. They couldn't figure it out, uh, out what they wanted it to be. They had a team leader that had no fucking clue and was gone a good part of the time. They're they're not one in it. Uh, they're, well, they're not a separate entity. They're one and the same. They just like to pretend uh, that they're separate. It's they're, they're, Blizzard is the Hong Kong to Activision's China at this point. Technically, they're separate, but... Right. Yeah. It's just, oh. But yeah, I'm not sure who I, who I would trust less at this point. Ubisoft, Activision, Blizzard, or EA. They're all different flavors of shit. Yeah. Hmm. And pretty much the only yeah. way I'd be playing an EA game these days is through Game Pass. Yeah. If it's on Game Pass or if I pirate it. EA, Ubisoft... Activision Blizzard. Well, that's the only way I'd play The Sims these days is to pirate it because I'm not going to spend like 300 bucks for the DLCs. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, wouldn't either. So I won't. So very, very quick over that. But yeah, it's just... There's There will be more that comes out. I mean, there are specific things that we didn't mention like the the cubicle crawls. I don't think you said anything about those. I know no, I didn't. No, we're... Male uh, employees would get wasted and then crawl through the cubicles and uh, grip uh, female employees because, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I can't blame you for, for wanting to get drunk at work because you don't like your job or just get the opportunity to do so. Like, I get that. I get that part of it. I still, like, you probably shouldn't do that, but I get that. Everything else, though, <coughs> that follows that. Nope, nope. Nope, it, nope, It does nope. explain why Blizzard has gotten very stagnant, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, in the last, I mean, uh, like, half decade where, uh, based on every uh, review I've read, World of Warcraft's uh, storyline has gotten more convoluted and crazy and just, yeah, basically. Uh, okay, now this one's corrupted. Or, yeah. Uh, or pretty much just really leaning on Overwatch and what's left of the StarCraft uh, uh, esports scene, which they've done their best to try to kill. I guess there's a reason why they're making a second Overwatch, huh? Yeah, they need the the cash infusion from a proven, at this point, IP that I guess they feel like it's hard to screw up. Uh, at this rate, <laughs> we'll see, right? Yeah, fuck them. That's my feeling. Take well, down. well, if you're pretty, if you're pretty enough, they might fuck you. <laughs> well, a boy can dream. I mean, pretty much anywhere that uh, all the male management team, I just said, surround and makes rape jokes all day. Not a good, uh, you know, work environment. Yeah, which uh, no. Jim did share one other thing. Uh, I labeled it as uh, 
the little things matter, how it talks about the development of Ratchet and Clank, uh, the the newer one. Uh, he linked it uh, to the Know Your Meme. This was from within the last week, though. Uh, talking about the design of Rivet, which was the uh, uh, the female uh, love interest to Ratchet, if I recall correctly. And how they tried to make, uh, how there was an internal fight of not making her, you know, essentially stereotypical furry uh, female. Yeah, I read through that whole thread. Um Cube had posted that. Oh. I believe it was Cube had posted that in our Discord chat. That that big long thread. Oh yeah, it was Cube. Sorry. Uh, there there was quite a bit of posting this week, so uh, attributed to the wrong person. Yeah, that's okay. uh, and there is also a staged walked out. Uh, Zelo Kun uh, just posted that within the last uh, little bit. So yeah, uh, Activision Blizzard. So things are bad enough that and. Uh, to me, that's just a confirmation of at least the worst of allegations that, you know, they're walking out. They're uh, they're going on a at least a temporary strike because of it. If there wasn't at least a kernel of truth to this, right? Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just I I did get quiet for a minute. I'm thinking, what else? I, 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 I thought I was bring up something in the lawsuit party. or talk about. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think there's anything else that I want to mention right offhand. Um, you know, the, the lawsuit is link going to be linked on at least one of our show note links. Um, yeah. If you want to go through and read it yourself, like I said, it's all public. Um, this trial is not going to start for at least a little bit yet. So yeah, we're probably looking at a, really a multi-year thing because, you know, this is a pretty big thing going on. So, yeah. I expect this to wrap up in somewhere like 2024. Assuming that, yeah, we all just don't die. Right. Because, honestly, yeah, there's still a chance of that one. Yep. Both from the COVIDs and from Elon Musk. Yeah, I I, I think he's up to no good there. It's a little worrying that, you know, all the billionaires are talking about moon bases and trying to get off the planet. Uh, is there something that we should know about? Oh, yeah, it's that cold global warming <laughs> thing that, uh, you know, like 40% of the U.S. population thinks is a fucking myth. Climate change. Oh, right. I have to say climate change because, uh, you know, they bring a snowball into Congress and say global warming is a myth because it's snowing outside. Fucking nitwits. No, it doesn't make me angry, does it? Nah, not at all. So yeah, I mean, we will keep you all up to date if there are, yeah, instead of it, when there are big changes in the case. Um, I'm going to keep my eye on it for a while and see what happens, but. Yeah, I'm sure that they'll just get slapped on the wrist, though, because, right? Probably. At worst, they'll see their, uh, you know, recruitment go down a little bit for a short time. Because (laughs) that's the thing that kind of gets me, is that. It's known that there's so many bad actors in really once you get above the double A space, but there's just, you know, that sense of, uh, you know, it can't happen to me or, you know, it's all overblown because it's so over the top. Yeah. Hearing things that sounds like they are out of, uh, uh, you know, law and order SVU that they're that insane. That their television level, you know, batshit crazy. 
But no, this is just what we know about. Indeed. So, I don't think I have anything else to say on this this time. My sleepiness is starting to kick in. Are you feeling pretty alright? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty alright as I wait for the show notes to reload because I accidentally closed them. Uh, if you wish to chime in, because I know this will be a topic that could have some discussion, you do so vgpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us vgpodcast or drop by the Discord and drop us something there. You find that over at vgpodcast.podbean.com. So I'm assuming you don't want to doobly do. No, we're going to skip doobly doing <laughs> this yeah, you're, week. You're too, Just... Your ass is dragging. Right. I I would yeah I would if I didn't have to get up to be at work at seven thirty in the morning. But well, that's because you're a good therapist. Oh, at... thanks. But yeah, I'm gonna have to get up. Or at... you're being good to uh, right. Yeah, I try, but so I'm gonna have to get up at either six thirty or seven in the morning. So no 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 later night than necessary, but. Still rage. You gotta hit him with the socials. Well, I've been caffeine rage. You can find me on Twitter uh, taunting the Italians at aiming with CR. You'd be my friend over on Steam. Caffeine rage there. And you've been the gaming psychologist. You can find me on the YouTube's by searching for such. You can find me on Twitter at JMA four seven zero seven on Twitch. J Arthur. Um, <laughs> J Arthur. <laughs> What? Uh, sorry, you just sounded so unsure about it. It's like, uh, yeah, J. Arthur. <laughs> yeah, um, you can also find me in a in a couple of of new places um, for at least the the near future. Um, I am taking place in a or participating in a tabletop RPG that is being streamed, so a live live play or an actual play, um, and then. The VODs are being released on YouTube. Um, they, If you want to watch it live, it is Wednesdays at 7.30 Eastern Time. Um, and then if you want to watch the VODs, you can do so. Um, looking for the link. Where's the link? You can do so uh, on Link is uh, in the uh, Shrine of uh, Resurrection. The link will be in the show notes, but it is on the YouTube channel Runic Arts. Um, can find them there. The first episode is going to be a little rough. There were some audio recording issues. Um, I had to do a lot of work to get it as presentable as it is. Um, and right now, it's bad. It was horrible before. So, um, if you if you want to watch it live, seven thirty Eastern time on Twitch, um, you can actually go to my our old Twitch channel, uh, which was I think Twitch TV slash JArthur four seven zero seven because I'm like re uh, streaming it or whatever it is whether you like host a stream that's running, and then you can watch the VODs um, over on YouTube uh, on the YouTube channel Runic Arts. So yeah. Uh, and as I scroll all the way up to the top, as I'm kind of just chuckling at uh, you being a little sleepy, what can I say? A little sleepy and a little punch drunk. Despite having hours to like have this ready, I didn't have it ready. So uh, you could contact us once again, VGL Podcast, with your letters, voicemails, game related topics. Dream to us, VGL Podcast, on the Twitter or drop by the Discord, which find a link to that and. In- 
uh, to most of our stuff, it seems now that uh, someone has new stuff. Maybe we should update that at some point. BGLpodcast.podbean.com. And if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. If you drop by uh, Podbean, you could get the RSS feed as well as the show notes. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You find out more at patreon.com slash vglpodcast. And our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at incompetech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya.